Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Deemer. Today on the show, it's a little lighter show. We're going to talk about space commerce, how to transact in space, and could blockchain be a solution? Just a fun conversation that I had a couple weeks ago that I want to share with you. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, April 21st, 2021, the day after the verdict of the Derek Chauvin trial. And we have accountability. I think that's the best way to put it. We have accountability. And because of the taxing day yesterday, I want to have this a letter conversation. Just come in and talk about space commerce and look at those crypto prices and do some headlines. So let's just get into it today. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 11.50 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $56,000, even up 0.7% from yesterday. Ethereum is at $2,430, up 11.4% from yesterday. Binance Coin BNB is on a tear, up 10.6% at $580. XRP is in the number four spot at $1.39, up 5.9%. Tether, number five, at a dollar, obviously. And Cardano, number six, at $1.26, up 5.5%. Not much news going on in the top 10. We have Dogecoin, number seven, Polkadot, number eight, Uniswap, number nine, and Litecoin, number 10. Bitcoin Cash has fell out of the top 10, is in the 11th spot. Total market cap, we're at $2.07 trillion, and a BTC dominance dropping to 50.4%. And now let's get into our main conversation where I talk to Luis Quinde, founder of Aragon, and we talk space commerce. Enjoy. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here. Excellent. I'm happy to have you here because this is one of my favorite topics. We're talking about space commerce. You know, Elon is setting up rockets. He's talking about Mars. He's talking about the moon. They're going to be mining asteroids, maybe hotels in space. You can't bring up a lot of cash on a damn rocket. How are we going to have space commerce? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And especially, I think, like, the, the meta question there, or the prior question is, um, like, who is going to govern space in the first place? Like, who's going to govern, like, Mars or, or the moon or stuff like that? And I think that's where crypto really shines in terms of, like, governing common goods and giving us tools to actually use, like, have thousands or, or millions of people collaborate to govern something. Okay, but... I still want to understand, like, what's the mechanics? Like, so, for for example, uh, is blockchain a solution for space commerce? Can I buy and sell? If I was in the space hotel and I wanted to buy a Heineken, do you think blockchain is the way to do it? Or should I pull out my credit card? Do you think Visa is the best way? Do you think it's a blockchain? Do you think it's consensus? Because there's a whole thing of uh, latency as well. I mean, look, things take time to travel. Even light takes seven minutes to the sun. And, you know, so so we can't just swipe the card and wait for a confirmation. There has to be a better way. Is there a better way? Yeah, I mean, what you can do, I guess, is you can have a huge block time, right? So, like, you have a block time of like you know, literally like a few days or or, or even hours and then like have a, have a blockchain that is distributed all across different planets um the problem there of course is like if you want to settle something faster then it's a problem so like what i think is we might have something like like cosmos or Polkadot, um where you have like you know a hub and then you have multiple chains you have like the earth chain and then you have the mars chain and then they communicate through the hub in like a very high latency environment but those chains per se 
uh, those are isolated, right? And they just communicate through the hub and they can have like very low latency because they just need to care about Mars or Earth. And then once in a while, we settle them. So what do you mean once in a while we settle them? How would that work? Yeah, so basically it's kind of like the same as like, you know, today with like interconnected blockchain platforms like Cosmos or Polkadot, where like you want to, you wanna, let's say, for example, um, you know, pull data out of like the Bitcoin blockchain for, for Ethereum. From Ethereum, you like do a call from Ethereum. You say, you know, I want to request this data uh, to like the Cosmos or Polkadot hub. And then the Cosmos Protocol hub is going to like try to you know go go to Bitcoin, uh, create a transaction for example, then wait until it's mined, and then like get the result back to the original chain, right? So like there are kind of it's a, kind of like asynchronous, like it's not synchronous um, as in being in the same chain. So basically, what this would mean is that like you know if you do a transaction on Earth chain, let's say um, or Mars chain, right? Let's say like you, you make a payment um, to someone in Earth or someone in in Mars, then it will be immediate because you can use Ethereum, for example, like, you know, 14 seconds, uh, latency in that case. But then like once in a while, you can sell the balances, uh, in one another, you can say, all right, like this guy has a new balance of X coins on, on, on Mars chain or on Earth chain. Uh, but that cannot happen synchronously where you have to wait like, you know, a few hours or a day for the blocks to actually sync with one each other. Um, so yeah, it's not a perfect solution, I, I guess, but like, it's kind of similar to how banks work today, right? Like everything takes one day, um, here just kind of like interplanetary transactions would take one day. Everything would be instant. So basically what you're saying is if it was between me and you say in on Mars, Mars chain, or like a spaceship just got done mining an asteroid. We meet out in the middle of space and I take some of their, their asteroid gold. We can have a, a transaction, but we just wait until we hit, uh, you know, the hub for, for everything to sync, sync up with each other and, you know, get everything back to zero or balanced. Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly. You do like a global settlement once, once in a while, basically. You mentioned something that was very interesting earlier, space governance. I mean, look, we're talking, you know, I think the same mechanisms would have to do with like, if you had like a space democracy, if people are part of the say nation of mars and they're i don't know if you watch the expanse but let's just say you're a belter and you're over there on you know um some on series or something and you're and you're running around and you're trying to mine your your space asteroids and for whatever you're going to mine it for but you are part of mars and mars colony or whatever and you are trying to vote or trying to govern or trying to be a participant in that democracy i would assume it's going to work the same way yeah i mean I I, I would say we have a blank canvas, right? So like in, in our new planet, for example, we can experiment with a system that is much more similar to the internet and to nation states. Like if you think about common goods, common goods are something that like, you know, belongs to, to the whole of, uh, of humankind, to whole society. Um, but you think about nation states today, they are not quite common goods. Like they are governed uh, by, by, you know, like politicians that are elected each like X years. They are still a lot of dictatorships around the world. Um, and, and even with that, you have like, you know, corporations with big influence, you have like a, a set of actors uh, that have still a big influence over, over these nation states, right? Um, and so if we think about Mars or about like other planets like that, we should maybe try to like make it more like the internet when it's uh, just one full interconnected network and then a bunch of like smaller sub-communities. So for example, you know, make it a, don't even make it an nation state, just make a very big community of communities and then have different like charter cities. Like going back to like the Greek kind of like model where each city will be like autonomous and then they coordinate with others. Mm, mm, understood. What technologies do you think could be used to set this up? Would it be like, uh, just, do you think blockchain would be the best, a DAO? Do you think, how do you, how do you think you set this up? Yeah, the DAOs are excellent for that. Like, you know, the, the whole concept of a decentralized autonomous organization is that uh, you can you can make something that is a common good and you can make it governable. Um, so, you know, I can totally mind that in the next few years, we're going to reinvent things that were previously private companies like, you know, like Twitter or Facebook that are like the fabric of society and, and the internet. And we're going to reimagine those being owned by their users um, as, as DAOs. And we can remind the same as a planetary level because I don't think, I love Elon Musk um, as a, 
like entrepreneur and, and character that is, you know, reinventing how things are done. But I don't think one single person should have so much power over a new planet, right? So I think BIOs really play an important role there. What, what do you mean one person wouldn't have that much power over one planet? How would Elon Musk, as you since you used him as an ex- example, how would he gain that power? Well, uh, like there are a bunch of laws that are still uh, kind of like gray areas around like, you know, planet ownership, right? So like, you know, if, if first, first of all, he uh, is like, you know, Nikki person in a company that basically has the like monopoly over getting to a certain planet. Um, and then second, like he sets up different like colonies and stuff like that, uh, and as uh, companies, um, you know, hierarchical entities with a with CEO and a, a mayor shareholder, then he might end up owning a bunch of Mars. I always feel that the government is a bit retroactive when it comes to these kind of things. Do you think the gov- governments around the world should be more proactive on making laws for or regulations or governance or governance structures for moon, space, Mars, and so on and so forth before we get to that whole like land grab? Well, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting, right? Because like on one hand, I can totally see like a corporation owning a planet um, in, in, our, in our lifetime, which is not good. But on the other hand, the other thing that uh, the alternative would be governments doing regulation over everything and then governments owning that themselves. Um, and that is a bit stupid as well. Like there are certain governments, for example, which tax uh, solar energy. So like they are basically, what they are basically saying is, I'm so important that I deserve to tax the sun. That's just kind of ridiculous. Like that makes sense. Today. <laughs> It's interesting that you say you said that governments would be uh, owners of a planet or a corporation would be, but isn't that how it all starts? I mean, it doesn't matter if it's SpaceX owning Mars. I mean, SpaceX once they put governance in there, they are the government. I mean, it's the same thing, right? Yeah, pretty much. And in the case of space, is actually like if you think about it, like if they if they are the ones that manage to go to Mars first, and then governments don't even have the means to so, then you know, SpaceX is a U.S. corporation right now, right? But tomorrow it can be a Mars corporation. Then it can be like, no, U.S. I don't have anything to do with your government. Uh, you know, come come get me. And obviously, U.S. will not have the infrastructure to come get them in Mars. So that's how you create a government. <laughs> Luis Quinde, founder of Aragon. Thanks for the interesting conversation. And I can't wait to come for you to come back and have a more in-depth conversation about interstellar commerce. Thank you, sir. Thanks a lot, Matt. And in today's headlines, UK asset manager Bailey Gifford has invested as much as $100 million into blockchain.com. This is part of a $300 million Series C funding round. You need capital to grow. And with this capital, there's going to be lots of growth. A new survey comes out telling us who is crypto curious. Weird way to say it, but who is crypto curious? There's a survey done by Gemini Exchange, and they surveyed 3,000 US adults. The average crypto investor who already has some digital assets is 38 years old, a 38 year old male to be specific, with an average income of $111,000. However, the findings suggest that the profile might be changing just a little bit. Of the people who are crypto curious, roughly 53% of them are women, and 25% of those women are nearing retirement age. There's an interesting split between the UK and the US, however, where 41.6% of hodlers are women and 26% in the US are women. However, what we're seeing here is signals of a valuable and welcome diversification in the crypto investor base. And if you don't remember, I have a friend who is 80 years old, and she has two Bitcoin. She was locked out of Coinbase. She bought this back in the day. I think it was 13 or 14. Just put a couple bucks in there. She said, eh, we'll see what this Bitcoin stuff does. Wakes up one morning, has $110,000. Good for her. Good for her. So you're never too old to get into crypto. You're never too old to hodl. You're never too old to try to, you know, just experiment with something new. 
go for it. I mean, don't don't sell your house or mortgage your house or sell a kidney. <laughs> Definitely don't do that. Be responsible. But for her, she didn't put much money into it. It was only a couple hundred bucks at the time. I think it was like a thousand dollars. She got a couple of Bitcoin. It didn't hurt her. She didn't think about it. She left to sit there. And years later, it's one hundred and ten thousand dollars. Anyway, I just like good stories. I like when people come up. I like when people succeed. And especially when people you think that wouldn't be involved are involved and they win. That's awesome. And finally, despite high fees on Ethereum, Ethereum, please get it together. Get it together. Vitalik, get those fees down. We can do it, Vitalik. You guys are the spark of the fire starter, but people are coming out with better products. Anyway, there's a little, little side rant. But besides the high fees on Ethereum, we are still seeing record trading volume on these DEXs, especially Uniswap, who had $10 billion in volume over the past week. That's $10 billion in trading volume. That's quite a bit. That's a, that's a damn lot. However, like I said, there is lots of competition to Ethereum and these Ethereum-based swaps right now. One is PancakeSwap, which is using Binance Smart Chain, where they have a 0.2% fixed rate for fees. It's literally nothing compared to Ethereum. And that's why PancakeSwap had $4 billion in trading volume in the last 24 hours alone. And that's compared to Uniswap's $1.8 billion in 24. So Ethereum and Uniswap might be losing market share to Binance Smart Chain and PancakeSwap. And the reason is obvious. They have cheaper fees, faster transactions, and people like that product better. The war is still going on. The competition is still building. But we do see a clear winner right now if we're talking about 24-hour trading volume. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. Also, listener questions Fridays. Matthew Earn at Decrypt.co. Send me an email with your question and I will answer it. Or maybe an editor or writer from Decrypt will do so as well. Or just do so themselves. Don't forget to go to Deemer for Congress, D-I-E-M-E-R, for congress.com, and donate to the campaign. I want to get into Washington, be a blockchain advocate. Until tomorrow, happy hotling.